bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of a judgment. But, but answer my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits what a homicide and kills people up... If you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. This is The Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. I've been screaming and hollering about Jill Biden the whole hour. Yeah, she got under my skin. She got under my skin. Is that a song? She got under my skin. I got to think about that. Oh, it hung up. Hmm. <laughs> Did you tell him Tory's gone? <laughs> Still taking calls for the Tory Low Show. Okay. You ever been trying to do something and it it just gets weird and anyway. Anyway. Anywho. Hey, Truth Nation. It's that time of year for the Tory Low. Speaking of Tory Low, there's his annual community cleanup. The Truth and Tory Low want to help clean up and beautify our city. So if you want your neighborhood cleaned by one of the 1017 The Truth teams, go to truthcommunitycleanup.com. Submit your neighborhood request. That is truthcommunitycleanup.com to have our team clean up your neighborhood. The Truth and the Tory Lowe Annual Cleanup is sponsored by the St. Anne Center, the best intergenerational center in Milwaukee. So make sure you check that out. I'm still upset with Jill Biden. I think she knew exactly what she was saying and doing. And I think, well, ain't nothing going to change. 833-212-1017 is the number. Lola said, never throw stones at a glass house when you live in one as well. Hey, never throw stones at a White House when you live in one. Good point, Lola. 
Fon said their great white hope lost, so that's why they're inviting losers to the White House for the first time. Um, ooh, should I? Should I? Fonz Hawthorne said their great white hope lost, so that's why they're inviting losers to the White House for the first time. Uh, I think we got losers in the White House right now, don't we? Oops, my bad. Okay. I, I, it's just low-hanging fruit. I don't care who was in there. Trump was in there. We got a loser in the White House. Okay. Equal opportunity. Talking text line, LT said, for some reason, I think you're going on hearsay. I can't picture you sitting down watching the women's NCAA tournament. Well, that's kind of dumb on your part, LT, but that's okay. Give me one instance when Clark got another player's face. So I didn't say she did it during that game. I said during the tournament, she's been doing that. And a couple of games ago, she actually did it to somebody. And they have a picture of Clark holding her hand to her face, doing it as she's going down the court. Uh, uh, So... Make make sure you 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 go look that up. You can't because it never happened. It most certainly did happen. I think the only person and why are you taking up for Clark? What's that about? Sharing the same sentiment as Tony Smith, who was on earlier. No, I happen to agree with him. See, you're the only one that seems to think that when two black people agree, they're only co-signing each other as if they're not smart enough to be intelligent and have their own thought. That just happens to be the same. But whatever. That's how you feel. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, but you're completely and totally and absolutely wrong. You can't see me watching. So these, 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 what, what, what do you call them? Um, passive aggressive insults that you throw out? Yeah. Okay. Click away. There you go. 833-212-1017 is the number. I'm... Looking at, well, that's no fun. That's no fun at all. Um, so for those of you that don't know, storms have started coming through. And um, many places have already seen P to quarter size hail um, as the storms track through. They're between rounds. And so I think later tonight it's going to be hitting us pretty hard. Um, as a warm front lifts closer to southern Wisconsin, scattered storms are expected to develop and impact southeast Wisconsin between 9 p.m. and 2 a.m. With damaging winds, hail um, in this round, along with isolated thunderstorms near and south of the warm front is expected to be near south of I-94. Uh, so, yeah. And it's a hail-producing storm. In other words, it ain't looking too good later. Just so you know, it's not going to look too good. So if you do not have to go out later, make sure you don't go out later. Make sure you stay indoors so you don't have to end up running into um, your cousins who are out driving when they basically shouldn't be driving. But I'm just saying, 833-212-212. One zero one seven is the number. I guess I'll go ahead and do the top five at five. The top five. 
And that's my bad because I didn't tell you I was doing the top five and five. He's shaking his head. No, you didn't. And then he said, punk, you didn't, punk. And then he threw something at me. See, look. See, he just threw something at me. He scared me. I'm scared of you, Alex. You, you, you terrify me. Can't, can't you tell? Yeah, I'm just cowering in the corner. Shaking in my. It's weird because the temperature in here, I could take my, my sweater off and I freeze. I put it back on and I'm too hot. So I don't know what that's about. I have no idea what that's about. Number five. Well, you know, they're candidates for the Wisconsin State Supreme Court. Everybody believes they could shape the state, but I'm not really convinced that can happen. I think people keep talking about abortion being the most important thing, but I think without education, I think one of the most important things that passed was the fact that we're stopping and towing cars for people who get convicted of reckless driving. I think that's important. If somebody fights that and goes to the Supreme Court, then we'll be able to see them test their mettle. I think abortion is going to change. And it's going to change in a way that makes it palatable for everybody. Again, if you're anti-abortion, then you just don't get one. But we live in America where sometimes we disagree. And if you agree or disagree, we should probably just let that go. Speak up when you can. Speak up when you need to. Speak up and speak your mind. As long as you do it legally and respectfully, I don't really think anyone is going to really and truly care. Number four. Okay, so I count like you. (laughs) <laughs> I put up two fingers. He looked at me like, dude, what? We just skipped like two numbers. Yeah. So Molly Gina and Lena Taylor are vying for the seat held by Judge Derek Mosley for nearly 20 years. Uh, Gina currently serves as managing lawyer, managing attorney for a legal action of Wisconsin. The mother of two is a longtime legal aid lawyer who says she dedicated her life to public service and access to justice and spent over 15 years as a civil legal aid attorney providing free legal services to over 1,700 clients who couldn't afford an attorney. Lena Taylor currently serves as Wisconsin State Senator representing the 4th District. She's a mother of a son serving in the U.S. Army and has previously worked in the Wisconsin legislature. She said, I want to bring that community person that I've always been in whatever capacity I've been, whether a lawyer, state rep, state senator, or God willing, or people willing, a judge. I want to bring the community's voice. So those are the folks on the ballot for municipal court judge today. We'll be talking about that in the 8 o'clock hour to see who exactly will end up being municipal court judge. So that ought to be a pretty interesting race Um I know Lena has most of the north side, but we will see what, what happens um, as, we, as we move forward. So it's, it's interesting. But I need to save that because that's going to be my number one. I have to be nice and make that my number one. Number three. Well, we all know no one is above the law, and apparently neither is former President Donald Trump, who was arrested after he surrendered at North at a uh, New York City courthouse following a grand, a grand jury criminal indictment. Trump was formally charged on 
more than two dozen felony counts. Actually, it was 34. And um, you can read the counts. And it's interesting. Um, and we'll see what happens. I think they may not be in court till December, January, February. So who knows how long this case will take. But uh, it ought to be interesting. Number two. Well, it's been 55 years since Martin Luther King was assassinated, actually. The civil rights leader and clergyman. Um, does anybody there know Martin Luther King's real name? Yes. What's his first name? Clifford. No. I'm not going to even say that on, on the air. Did you say that on the air? That's unfortunate. Does Rhea know his first Is Rhea even in there? She's not in there? Okay. His first name is Michael. His actual name is Michael Martin Luther King. That's called black history. Y'all should know that. I'm embarrassed. For you. Okay, I'm over it. What you say? Like, I can hear you. Like, dude, turn on the microphone. He looks like a Clifford. That's insult. You said Martin Luther King looks like a Clifford? Wow. 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 I'm going to deal with you off the air, buddy. You better not be here at 6 o'clock. You, you better not be here at 6 o'clock. It's on. And I hope you got some fighting shoes on, too, because it's on. I'm going to get that orange. That orange going to be red there, buddy. <laughs> yes, we're just having fun. Martin Luther King was killed on April 4th, 1968, Memphis, Tennessee. It rocked the nation um, just as the charismatic and focused activist was rising to unknown heights. Who could probably have been... At some point, at some juncture, the first black president of the United States. But that was not to be. 55 years later. Number one. Well, the city of Milwaukee says there have been 17 overdose deaths in the county since Saturday. According to the media alert from the city, 17 deaths reported since Saturday may be the sign of a possible, get this, bad batch. The average age of the overdose victim is 50 years old. Dr. Ben Watson, Milwaukee County Chief Health Policy Advisor, said during a press conference today that at least four of them were among the homeless population. The city said 14 of the overdoses were in Milwaukee, one in West Dallas, one in South Milwaukee. With one death every 16 hours, the overdose epidemic has become a public health crisis. Here's the question I have. So... If you're doing drugs that you're not supposed to be doing in the first place, called an opioid, and you get addicted, I understand the compassion and the work needed to assist a person who has lost uh, hope, lost their control of their body, and they've become addicted. I understand it. Even though it's a crime, I understand that we have to have compassion. But an overdose based on the fact that there's fentanyl in the drug means that you need to understand that had you not taken the opioid, you wouldn't have taken the fentanyl and you wouldn't be dead. You should be somewhere fighting and struggling to overcome your addiction. 
But sometimes that's not possible. And I get it. I understand it. The city said it is a dangerous time to use and individuals should be aware of the risks associated with opioid use, including fentanyl additives. Really? Maybe I'm missing something. Or maybe I'm just not sensitive. This is the truth in the afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017 is the number. We're awaiting. We have an invited guest. I know she's busy, busy, busy being in town for the uh, Central or Regional Conference. Um, Mrs. Kiana W. Davis, who's the Central Regional Director of the Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. So we're expecting her in a few minutes. And um, in the meantime, we were we were talking about the top five at five and how this how we've had a rash of opioid overdoses over the past weekend. Seventeen people in Milwaukee County have died. Um, overdose deaths are devastating and preventable, says Milwaukee Interim Health Commissioner Tyler Weber. We at the Milwaukee Health Department express our deepest sympathies to the loved one of those who were lost over the weekend. Our work aims to help those who use drugs and the communities of those who use drugs by providing education, resources, and tools to prevent overdose deaths. How about preventing the addiction? Can we, can we start there? That's like saying, hey, we're going to save lives by making sure paramedics are, are, and EMTs are well-equipped to stop people from bleeding when they get shot. Or you could do something about the shootings. Nah, we're not going to do that. We're going to go to the end and, and try to save them there. I don't think so. I don't think so. 833-212-1017 is the number. What what are your what are your thoughts with this over with this with this overdose thing? I don't I don't Am I being insensitive? Am I am I being <laughs> mean? Even though people have called me mean. I admit it some things do upset me and make me make the other negative side of me come out. But in the but in the meantime, we have to recognize the fact that had they not been let's let's fight the let's help them fight the addiction. That's what I want to do. I want to help them fight the addiction. I want to help them figure out the best way to overcome the addiction so that they don't have to take drugs that have fentanyl in it that stops their heart that overexcites their receptors and makes them makes their heart stop. 
That that's what I want to do. I think that's what makes sense. But for some reason, somewhere in our mind, we're blaming fentanyl instead of recognizing that it's the addiction that causes it. Yeah, I'm probably insensitive. Probably insensitive because I've seen enough people overdose and die. I've been to enough places. I went to one place literally three times in one day, in one evening, in one shift because of an overdose. And I remember because it was on the south side. It was a white couple. And the first time the man overdosed, the second time the woman overdosed, and then the third time the man overdosed, but he died because He used his on her, and then when he overdosed, she didn't have anything to use for him. Opioid addiction is heartbreaking. It is terrifying. And I wouldn't wish that on anybody. I don't care how I feel about you. Or think about you. Or act around you. There is that, that is something that I would never wish on my absolute most worst enemy. I don't think I have one, but anyway, I don't know. It's interesting to say the least. I don't know what to do about it. I've thought it through. We need more programs, I hate to say it, more programs in prison to help people get off. I think if we had arrested people like we were supposed to when they were addicted, we could have gotten them the help and gotten them into the system so that they can actually get the help they need. But if we don't, then these types of things are going to continue to happen. And it's unfortunate but we have to be careful. 833-212-1017 is the number. Traffic, weather, sports, up next. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris, sponsored by Concordia University, Wisconsin, on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. Talking text line says, um, dude, I'm literally on your side. LOL. Come on, Fonz. 
got to talk trash. Uh, Black Conscious say, Dr. Ken, that's about getting old or <laughs> menopause. Do men get menopause? I don't know. I'm just asking. Well, how would you know? You're not even old enough. Are you even an adult? Are you? <laughs> what age is considered an adult? I just, I'm just giving you trouble. 18. I know you're over 18. What you standing up for like you're going to fight for him or something? She's standing up like, what? Real like, what? Put her hands on her hip like, I'll bust you in your face. I was like, ooh. I'm scared. Okay, but I'm really scared now. I'm scared. But yeah, I mean, with all due respect. Um, Sino said it. See, Michael is the first name. Y'all should know that. Black history. Shows you how good the education is with black history. Where'd you grow up? In a little rural town. I rest my case. Exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't expect you to learn it in a little rural town. Come on. Come on. You have to learn about all the people they put pictures up in the statues and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, 414803 says, you're not insensitive. Opioids, opiates. Have been accepted. Paramedics are armed with Narcan. People accept it because it's an adolescent white drug. Junkies can choose to get clean if given harsher sen- sentencing. Uh, stopping the addiction before fentanyl enters the equation. Doctors prescribing oxygen for a sore back for teenagers isn't helping. Eh. Yeah. But I think he meant oxy or oxycodone. And he po- wrote OXY in it. Auto-corrected to oxygen. I get it. I get it. I'm I'm just not. <sighs> I understand what it takes. I understand why it is the way that it is. But at some point. You have to take a stand. Right. Black conscience, go somewhere and sit down. Ask your one. Anyway, 833-212-1017 is them. I ain't talking. I'm not talking to black conscience anymore. So who's on my list? Al, black conscience, um, Madi, Fonz Hawthorne, LT. Them all the people I'm not talking to no more. The guy that got upset, I don't remember his name. The guy that got upset yesterday, the one with the bad phone today. I'm getting everybody. I am. Wayne, Sir Chauncey. I'm going to get Tony, too. I know. I'm not going to have no call. I'll be calling myself. Like on my cell phone. Be, You know, have to turn the microphone off and talk to myself on the phone and then say, hey, how are you today? <laughs> that would be ridiculous. That would be now. See, I had a joke. See, Rhea, I had a joke, but I can't say it because it would have been insensitive. Because we we live in a sensitive society now. We can't say funny things about people. Like we're we're like, if you were growing up and you said you wanted to be a comedian, you'd probably get stoned. How dare you say negative things about people? They're they're here. I, I'm you, you. You can't say negative things about people anymore. 
And I think that's I think that's terrible. I mean, that's just me, but I think that's terrible. So we've got a guest coming up. I'm going to take a break now so that we can just go all the way to the end. So you're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. This is the Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, the Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. I have in the studio, finally, Mrs. <laughs> Kiana W. See, she's laughing already. See? Miss <laughs> Kiana Davis. She's the Central Regional Director for the Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. They're here to take over my city. All, like, I thought it was going to be like two or 3,000. It's probably going to be like 8,000 or something. Because <laughs> y'all know. Because y'all, y'all be like alphas, like, Right? Y'all got registered people, <laughs> and then you and got they, people that just show up. I know, and uh, we have some. We have a <laughs> honeydews that come, which you would be a honeydew. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Um, because I know your wife is a sorority sister of mine. Yes, and we have honey don'ts, which are the kids. Wow! And so those are not included in our register number. So you're correct. Yes. Uh, we don't know exactly the number. What we do know is about uh, 3,500 are actually registered and accounted for, and that doesn't include family and right. tow. Wow, that's great. So tell us about yourself. Give me give me an overview. Who are you? <laughs> How did you get into the greatest sorority in the world, and what's your position? Yeah, so I'm Kiana W. Davis, and I hail from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm a small business owner, actually a tax accountant, and in the sorority, I have spent 20 consecutive years mm-hmm. active uh, in my sorority. And so I was initiated at Indiana University, tall chapter, yay, and I have just uh, found my best friends, my family, um, almost a sense of purpose in the organization to uh, serve all mankind. So my position in the sorority is central regional director. And so what that, what, what that position is, it, it, it allows me to be on the board of directors for Alpha Kappa Alpha, one of 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, I oversee the states of Indiana, Kentucky, Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota, North and South Dakota, and St. Louis. So you don't work hard. I know. And, and we have, 9,200 active members in my region. Wow. So um, 3,500 of them will be here mm-hmm. starting tomorrow. So what brings AKA to Milwaukee? So every year we have our regional conference. It is a business meeting. So as much as we like to have fun, it really is a business meeting where we come, uh, we take care of the business of the organization as it uh, as it represents our region. And then hopefully I, I go and and represent my region on the board of directors and the viewpoints that the sorors have told me to represent Mm -hmm. them on. And so we're here for four days, four days to take care of some business and then have a little fun because we know how to have just a little bit of fun. And so we're also here to have a local impact because as you know, Alpha Kappa Alpha stands for community service um, and really uh, making sure we leave our imprint on the local community. So why is a sorority important to a community? You know, a lot of people haven't heard of the Divine Nine. They don't even know what that is. The, so what, what, what 
what impact should a sorority like Alpha Cap Alpha leave on a community? Because you're all over. You know, you mentioned you have 9,200 sorors yes. across all those states. Yes. You know, um, what the sorority is, um, is a group of like-minded um, women who have come together intentionally to make sure that we can serve one another and serve the community. And what makes it so beautiful is that we came together under this, this premise or this mission to serve all mankind. And we do it under the premise of sisterliness of sisterhood. And that's why we have members who stay very connected and active for a lifetime. And so, you know, um, in the divine nine, um, there are nine of us, we are the first black Greek letter organization uh, founded by women at Howard University. And this year we celebrated 115 years. So not only do we have longevity, we see ourselves into perpetuity. And um, I believe we're probably the largest organization with initiated members Mm -hmm. of the Divine Nine. But collectively, although I represent Alpha Kappa Alpha, there is this idea, this collective story of the importance of the Divine Nine because we are the teachers. We're the doctors. We're the lawyers. We are the the professionals, the people who have good, uh, have role models in the community because some of us became uh, members of our organizations because we saw our teacher or our dentist was uh, in the fraternity or sorority. And we wanted to be just like them. So what type of national programs do you have? Yeah. So uh, we are led by our CEO, international president, Danette Anthony Reed and her thrust under um, our entire mission is really um, sisterhood. Um, And we believe that in sisterhood, we can accomplish anything. So some of our initiatives are the Child Hunger Initiative, Power Packs, where we wanted to address um, this idea of food insecurity. So in the so you remember COVID. Right. When I don't know about you, I have a young daughter Mm -hmm. who stayed home. And I don't know if I'm I was sure gonna, you were happy about I, that. I, right? I didn't know if I was going to pull my hair out or um, <laughs> I said, wow, I, I have to become a teacher right now. And so I had to shift. But for some of our kids, mm-hmm. that meant a loss of food, right? a meal. And so um, our president and CEO, CEO thought it was important to continue what we did through the pandemic, making sure kids had something to eat. And even if it's something small. So we wanted to address uh food insecurity where that existed through these power packs, packing up a little pack of um, snacks and food to send home to kids either after school on the weekends, because we know that many of our children, especially in the black community, they don't get, I mean, the, the school is their source of food. Um, It is where their nutritional value comes from. Uh, We also focus on, Uh, initiative uh, impacting our local communities. And this is the flexibility in our framework where we tell chapters. Now we have over a thousand chapters across uh, the whole world, but two of them are here in Milwaukee. And so we know what works in Indianapolis might not work in Milwaukee. Um, And we know that Milwaukee chapters understand what's going on in their community. So we give freedom in the framework to make sure they address the very local needs of the community. So, so then what populations are important to you? I've, I've seen over the, I'm not going to say how long I've been in a frat, but <laughs> anyway, um, because I, I mean, I can't see you being in the sorority for 20 years when you're only like, what, 19 years old? So how? Well, thank you. How, how that I, I appreciate I that. I don't understand how that, how, 
God works in ages in reverse. Wow. That's amazing. Um, The populations that are that are important to the sorority include what? So I I don't think we have put uh, a framework about what what population is exactly important. But I do know we have initiatives uh, with young people Mm because we have our uh, youth leadership institute. We also uh, focus on the elderly. Um, As you know, many of our own members are um, elderly. Many of us in my age group are caregivers. Mm -hmm. And so that is a very important initiative for us. Um, But let's be clear. um, um, I know and I think I can speak wholeheartedly that uh, we're unapologetically um, uh, African-American or black in um, our our viewpoint and making sure that even in the social justice lens, we understand and we push uh, the concerns of the African-American community. It doesn't mean it's the only community we represent because the issues can uh, span across all demographics, all ages, et cetera. But we know that we were founded uh, on the premise on the backs of young black women who were undergraduates. And we know that through that lens, we can help everyone. Now I got to go back into some history because, and, and this way you can answer personally, not necessarily representing the sorority, but how can, how can black women in, in 1908 at a historically black college, which at the time wasn't historically black was fledgling hadn't even quite made it a couple decades, but yet were able to see with, with the help of one of the greatest fraternities in the world, of course, but, <laughs> but true. were able to help and, 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 and create something that was so long lasting. And I, and I only say that because without Alpha Kappa Alpha, mm-hmm. there would be no Delta Sigma Theta and so on and so on and so on. Absolutely. How, how, what is, what was that? What was that that strength, that sinew that was in them? You know, at the time in 1908, if you think about it, there were less than a thousand African-Americans in college in the United States. Um, and so I think um, there was this sense of pride, but there was also this sense of responsibility mm-hmm. that they knew that they were um, privileged to have this opportunity to go and further their education. This is also a time if you look at our history where uh, many of us um, in the deep South could not get an education uh, past uh, the sixth grade, if any education at all. So I can only imagine in 1908 being a young 15, 16 year old girl sitting there um, and at a university that really, if you think about the context, not only race, but gender, right. Mm -hmm. Dealing with gender issues um, saying that we needed something because they saw things modeled through Alpha Phi Alpha, even before Alpha Phi Alpha, this concept of uh, literary societies, right, right that had right. helped even in the European space, that there was a benefit to these organizations to keep people focused in school. And later down the line, there was this camaraderie that was established. And I think 
Um, I'm just amazed that someone at 15, 16, 17 year, years old, which were the ages of our founders, uh, thought about all of this. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we had Nellie Quander, who came to right. save the day, right. who understood that, wow, we have something that needs to last into perpetuity. And not only perpetuity, but we need this experience on every college campus that African-Americans exist. And so um, what people don't know is for Alpha Kappa Alpha, um, we were there during the women's suffrage issues in 1919, right? We actually, um, uh, one of our founders just said, look, if we cannot, as African-American women, join hands with you, uh, with my uh, white counterparts, we're not going to march in the back, right? And, and wrote letters and appealing um, to the sensibilities of those who are fighting for women to have the right to vote. So Alpha Kappa Alpha has been on the front line um, at a young age. If you think about being founded in 1908, being very, very heavily entrenched in the women's suffrage issues through civil rights and even till today. In my region, I have, um, unfortunately, um, some of the most major um, social justice events happen in my region. Correct. And so Alpha Kappa Alpha doesn't take that lightly and neither do I. I find it interesting only because when you talk about the gender piece, the fact that W.E.B. Du Bois in 1897 was able to graduate from Harvard as a black man, but a black woman couldn't. Couldn't. Hadn't even gotten that far in education to get a doctorate or a master's. Many of us... um, at that, in those years, for a lot of women, we went to normal school. Right. We Gotta went be a to teacher. School, and that's teachers. It. That that's was it. the pathway. Yeah. Um, um, so, to if you think about um, Lucy Dix Lowe, uh, one of our founders who went on to be a dean at Howard University to right. teach other people at a collegiate level, right. um, who was a tennis professional, uh, you think about the barrier some of these women broke. Um, not even just with education. We had uh, Norma Boyd, who was one of the first uh, lobbyists, really, if, if, if it was called that back in um, the late uh, 20s, the early late 20s, who started uh, petitioning. She was a social worker and petitioning. She saw the conditions um, in the neighborhoods of black people in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and said, I'm going to raise this as a concern and become an official, quote unquote, lobbyist. And so Alpha Kappa Alpha has broke broken barriers uh, for women where at a time, as you said, men and even black men were able to go and get a doctoral degree. And for us, we were uh, we, we not settled, but the pathway was through normal school and education. And I can tell you for us, I think many of our founders broke those barriers. Well, I want to tell you on behalf of Wisconsin District Director Dan Franklin, the third Midwestern Regional Vice President. Ronald D. Stovall, your buddy. I know. I uh, and General President Willis L. Lonzo III. I want to welcome you to Wisconsin you. on behalf of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Thank Incorporated you. and the new 1017, The Truth. Thank Thanks you so much. Me. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. Tory Lowe's show is up next. I'll be back in about 22 hours. I'm out.